The Bible says, then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord tomorrow about this time, a she of flour shall be sold for a shekel and two sheaves of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, look, if the Lord would make windows of heaven, could this things be? And he said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you will not eat of it. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. How many of you know that lepers were quarantined? They were isolated. They were without hope. The Syrians wanted to completely do away with them. There was no food. There was famine in the land. And these lepers were at the gate, at the entrance. And they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, the famine is in the city, and we will die there. But if we sit here, we will die also. Now, therefore, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. They honestly looked at their situation. They did not sugarcoat what they were going through. And they looked at each other and they said, we're not dying here. We're not dying here. And that's the title of my message for us this morning is, is we are not dying here. We are not dying now. Whoa, come on, somebody shout glory to God. And so they adopted a course of action. They took a risk. How many of you know, if you're never taking a risk, you'll never get a reward. And the Bible says that God rewards those who diligently seek him and that he is pleased with our faith. And one thing about faith is faith has movement. Faith has action. Faith does not sit around and wait for something to happen. Faith does not twiddle their thumbs and just say whatever will be will be. No, faith is the victory that overcometh the world and faith must have movement to it. And verse 5 says, And they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. I want you to notice with me, when they arose, God arose. Because in verse 6 it says, For Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses. Thank God for the angelic beings went before those four lepers. Praise God. And something glorious happened. And they, and they said to one another, the Syrians, they said, Oh, look, the kings of the Hittites and the Egyptians are here to attack us. Therefore, they arose and fled at twilight. And they left the camp intact. Their tents, their horses, their gold, their silvers, their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. Think about that. What if the four lepers had not arose? What if they had not moved? Then they would have died there at the gate. But instead of dying at the gate, they went into the enemy's camp. Come on, somebody. They went into the enemy's camp and they took back and they stole back what the enemy had taken from them. Woo, glory to God. Folks, they went from tent to tent. The Bible says they came to the outskirts of the tent. They went into one tent, ate and drank. They went into another and ate and drank. And they carried some also. And they started to hide in it. 
We could say it this way. Their cup was running over. They were enriched and they were fed. How many of you can testify God has fed you in a time of pandemic? God has fed you in a time of COVID-19. God has caused food to be on your table and money in your accounts. Oh, somebody shout amen. And then they came to themselves and they said, you know, we're not doing right here. This is the day of good news. If we remain silent, if we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they went and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, saying, We went into the Syrian camp, and surprisingly, no one was there, not even a human sound, only horses and donkeys tied and tents intact. And the gatekeepers called out, and they told it to the king's household inside. Whoa, glory to God. What they, what they participated was in a blessing, but they weren't going to have this blessing just to themselves. They were going to share the blessing of God with others. Now, I understand that there are times where we may get weary. I understand that there are times that life can be difficult and we can feel stuck in a bad situation. And I know that that can wear on you. But the worst thing for us to do in a time like that is to be inactive. We should not just sit and settle and do nothing. Our attitude in this season is this. I'm not shutting down. I'm not yielding to the death blow that discouragement, depression, pain, and addiction presents to me. I'm getting up. I'm making up my bed. I am moving forward. How many of you are hungry for God? It's not a season. It's not a day just to be watching television 24 hours a day. It's a time and it's a season to be filled with the Word of God and to be filled with all the fullness of God and move toward the purpose that God has got for your life. And I think that's good preaching, so I'm going to give myself an amen. It's really important to start moving, to arise. Now, doers of the Word, and that's us, we doers of the Word of God do the Word. And when you're doing the Word, that requires some action. That requires some movement. Our declaration in this day and this hour is this. We're not dying here. I shall not die. I shall not die. And I will declare the goodness of God. My vision shall not die. My hope shall not die. My calling shall not die. My children shall not die. My nation shall not die. My country shall not die. But we are going to live and we are going to declare the works of the Lord. Somebody shout, God is good to us. All the time. Point to your neighbor and say, we're not dying here. We're not dying now. Amen. Why is that so important? I'll tell you why it is. Because you and I are about to go into the enemy's camp like the four lepers did. And we're about to take it back. We have got some kingdom business to attend to in this day, in this hour. These four lepers, they were awesome. They had this attitude, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die with a full stomach. And what did they hear? They heard the sound of a mighty army. I believe that you and I can make a sound on this parking lot right now. 
I dare you to dance. I dare you to shout. I dare you to lift up your voice. Glory to God. Give God some praise up in here. Give God some praise on this parking lot today. He is worthy of our praise. He is high and lifted up. And His train fills the temple. Woo! Glory to God. I wish I had some praise breakers out here with me. <laughs> Shout out with me. We ain't dying here. I'm not dying with this disease. I'm not dying with this depression. I'm not dying with this loneliness. I'm not dying with this isolation. I'm not dying no matter what the world may say. I'm going to live by what God's word has to say. So we should never then <clears throat> adopt this kind of mentality. Well, you know, brother, it is what it is. And whatever will be, will be. It don't have to be what it is if you'll get in faith and change what it is and frame your world by the words of the living God. Amen. See, God has given us the victory to see turnaround in our nation. God has given us the victory to see a turnaround. Glory to God in our individual lives. Amen. You see, with God, there's always some form of action that we can take. You know, in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, he says that's that we walk by faith and not by sight. How many of you remember the woman with the issue of blood? Let's talk just for a few minutes this morning about actions of our faith. The leper's action was they had to get up and they had to do something and they had to move. Hallelujah. Folks, I want to tell you right now, if you've got the faith to keep moving, God's got the power to keep blessing. Say it with me. I have the faith to keep moving. And God has the power to keep blessing. I mean, just think about what the Lord has already done for you. Think about it. Look back and see God's hand upon your life. Not only through this pandemic, but I'm talking about last year. I'm talking about the year before. How about the decade before and decades before? No, it's not that we haven't had tests. It's not that we haven't had trials. But we have put our faith in God. And our faith in God enables us to overcome and deprive those tests of any power or of any diabolic plan they may have had for our lives. You know, oftentimes people quote Psalms and it says, Well, you know, brother, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Yes, same on, and I'm being afflicted. But you got to read the rest of the verse. The rest of the verse says, But the Lord delivers him out of them all. I got a question for you today. Back there in the back row, over there on the side, has God ever delivered you from some kind of affliction? Has he ever been with you in the valley? Has he ever been with you in the test? Has he ever been with you in the mess? Has he ever turned that test into a testimony and that mess into a message? Come on, somebody. Well, Brother Mark, I don't know. You're just so positive. What do you want me to do? Get up here and be negative? I refuse to be negative. I refuse to bow my knee to the spirit of this age and the spirit of this world. Glory to God. 
We've got too much God in us to quit now. We've got too much God in us to throw up our hands and say, Oh, Jesus, come, come, Jesus, get us out of here. Yes, we want him to come, but he doesn't want to come after a church that's hiding in a cave. Oh, Rabashatahaya. Or storing up tribulation food. He's coming after a glorious church. He's coming after the bride of Christ who's going to shine in glory as never before. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, well, there you go again. The Bible says in the world you shall have tribulation. You've got to read the rest of the verse. He says, but you've got to be aware of the buts in the Bible. But I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to hurt you or to harm you in any way. Or in any fashion. Jesus gave you and I authority. He gave us power from on high. That when we got baptized with the Holy Ghost and power. He gave us power from on high. And not power to lie dormant in our lives. But that power should be arising up daily. And one of the... Uh, Outlets of power is authority. Say it with me. He's given me power. He's given me authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Now in Mark chapter 5 and verse 25, let's look at this woman who had an issue of blood. Mark the fifth chapter. In verse 25, it says, And a certain woman, that means she really existed, this isn't just a story. This really, really happened. Amen. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. That's a long time. And had suffered many things of many physicians. She must have had an HMO or something. But she went to a lot of different doctors. And no, I'm not against doctors. I'm for do How many of you are for anything that helps? It's just that we don't want to put our faith in the doctors. We want to put our faith in God and believe that God may be able to work through a doctor or be able to work through medical science. Amen. But at the end of the day, our faith is in God. And so I would imagine that she spent all that she had. As a matter of fact, the Bible says she did spend everything that she had and she didn't get any better. She just kept getting worse. That's not a good thing. She just kept getting worse and worse and worse. But now notice with me in verse 27, when she had what? Heard of Jesus. She must have heard something about Jesus that stirred her up. She must have heard something about Jesus that activated something down on the inside of her. When she had heard of Jesus, how many of you can testify with me today that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God? She perhaps heard that he was going about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. She must have heard that those that came to him were made whole. She must have heard that. And when she heard that on the inside, she said, oh. Oh, that could be me. That could happen to me. When she heard 
of Jesus. How many of you have heard of Jesus before? You know, many times in the Word of God, we see that when people came to be healed, first they heard. They came to be healed, but they heard first and then were healed. Now notice, when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind. In other words, there were a lot of people. And she touched his garment. I want you to notice she heard something. It caused faith to come, but then she did something. She said something. What did she say? Here's what she said. She said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Now, the Greek says it this way. She kept saying it. She kept declaring it. She kept believing it. She said it over and over and over again. One of the ways that we act on what we believe is by what we say. One of the greatest actions of our faith is by believing God's word in our heart and then releasing it with our words. So she heard it. And then she said it. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I will be made whole. She heard, she said, and then she did. She did. She acted out what she had heard about, and she acted out what she had been saying and believing. Do you see that today? If it worked for the woman with the issue of blood, it'll work for me. If faith worked for her, it'll work for you. Well, somebody said, I wish I have faith, had faith. You have faith. You've been dealt the measure of mountain-moving faith. It's on the inside of you. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. Woo, hallelujah. Now notice in verse 19, and straightway. <coughs> straightway is a biblical word for immediately. I'm believing God for some immediates. How about you? And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Whew, it's a good thing when you can feel in your body that you've been healed. We don't live by feelings. We don't walk by feelings. But how many of you know feelings are all right? Feelings are all right. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And then Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue or healing power had gone out of him, he turned about in the press. There were a lot of people there. There were people just trying to touch him like they would try to touch the Pope or touch, the, uh, touch a senator or, or touch a political figure. There's people that just, they're curious. They want to touch. But her touch was not a touch of curiosity. Her touch was a touch of faith. And Jesus, the Bible said, came in the press behind and said, who touched my clothes? He knew that there was a demand of faith on his power. And his disciples, they said unto him, Master, don't you see the multitude thronging thee? And how can you say, 
Who touched me? Thank you, Southwest Airlines. Glory. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Did you notice that chickens are welcome here? You see that sign? Welcome chicken here? No, it's check-in. All right. <laughs> we might have some free chicken up in here. I don't know. <laughs> Glory to God. Who touched my clothes? Master, don't you see everybody? How can you say who touched me? And Jesus said in another book of the Bible, he said, I know somebody has touched me. And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the Bible says the woman, fearing and trembling, know what was done in her, fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said, verse 34, daughter, thy faith has made you whole. She wasn't whole before, but she was made whole. And Jesus did not say, daughter, it is my great love and great compassion and my great faith that made you whole. He said exactly the way it was. He said, daughter, it is your faith in my power. It is your faith that has made you whole. Say it with me. If her faith will make her whole, my faith will make me whole. Now, understand this, that the word wholeness means nothing missing and what? Nothing missing and what? To be whole means not only in your spirit saved, not only in your body healed, but also in every area of your life. You can be whole. You can be whole. We do not have to put up with distractions of the mind we do not have to put up with emotional brokenness we do not have to put up with the thoughts the suggestions and the imaginations of the evil one god can take a broken soul and make it whole I can testify to you that it happened to me way back in the 70s and the 80s. He took a broken man and made him whole again. He took a mind that was broken and he made it whole again. He gave me the mind of Christ. But folks, he's no respecter of persons. Now you see, it's important that we understand that wholeness is for the whole man. In all areas of your life. And he said, daughter... It is your faith that makes you whole. What do you mean? He saw her faith. He saw what she did. He saw what she said. And he said, daughter, I'm well pleased. And as a result, you are made whole. Hallelujah. Whether you realize it this morning or not, what you are hearing on this parking lot at 24800 Hesperian Boulevard, what you are hearing right now can move you toward your miracle. What you are hearing and what you are saying and what you are doing as a way of life will mean in your life a constant harvest of wholeness. 
How many of you are interested in having a constant day-by-day harvest of wholeness? You know what that means? One of the things it means, it means you sleep well at night. It means you don't toss and turn and worry and get all bothered about what's going on in this world. We're getting somewhere today. Wholeness for the whole man includes a good night's sleep. Wholeness for the whole man includes days, come on now, days of heaven upon the earth. Well, Pastor Mark, I don't feel like days of heaven. I feel like it's days of hell. Well, you need to change what you've been hearing. You need to change what you've been saying. And you need to change what you've been doing. What you affiliate with and who you and what you associate with will be a large determinant about what is happening in your life. I know I'm preaching good now. I think the choir just stopped, but it's all good. Wholeness. Everyone say wholeness. Action. Hearing, moving toward my miracle, my faith makes me whole. My faith in a faithful God keeps me whole. I'm whole in my spirit. I'm whole in my soul. I am whole in my body. I am whole in my... We need to say this twice. I'm whole in my finances. You know, come on, folks. That's just not good enough. I am whole in my finances. (laughs) What does that mean? That means nothing missing. That means nothing broken. That means all bills paid on time. That means going into the land of debt free. Hallelujah. And on the way to the land of debt free, what do you say? We go into the enemy's camp and take it all back. Pastor Mark, I've I've lost my cutting edge. I've lost my cutting edge. You can get it back. I said you can get it back. You can take it back. You know, I think about Rocky Balboa when uh, Apollo Creed was training him after that loss to Clubber Lang. What Rocky needed to do because he lost his cutting edge, he had to take it back. And for Rocky to take it back, he had to get back to the basics. And he took him into an old school. Come on, somebody. He took him back into an old school gymnasium where there was sweat. Some of you need to go back to some old school. Come on, get your cutting edge back. Get up in the morning and shaka bahaya, toko mahaya. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Get up in the morning. Go down in your living room and do a little dance before the Lord. I believe this. Before we can take it back, we got to get back. And I believe that God 
is getting the body of Christ back to a spirit of prayer. He's getting the body of Christ back to the spirit of faith. Somebody shout it. I'm taking it all back for the glory of God. The lepers activated their faith. Why sit here till we die? Why just sit around until everything passes? Why not be men and women of God who speaks to the challenge of COVID-19 and rebuke it and cast it into the sea? Hallelujah. Woo, glory. Are y'all good? You know, we don't want to just come to church and have a feel-good time. We started this service earlier because we want the presence of God. We are contenders for the glory of God. That's why I have Mark and Jana Brzee coming next week. We are contending for a great move of God. We are contending for the glory of God. We're not looking back on how it used to be. We're looking forward to how it shall be. Wherefore, sirs, I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. What's been told you? It's been told me in the book. It's been told me in the Bible. Hallelujah. Glory. Say with me, actions of my faith. They moved. God moved. The woman with the issue of blood moved. And God moved. And power flowed. There's another group that experienced a marvelous healing by the power of God. And it's found over in Luke. And it's found there quickly in Luke 17 and verse 11. It says that Jesus entered into a certain village and there met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off. They were quarantined. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Lift your hands up right now and say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on our nation. Have mercy on the Bay Area. And the Bible says in verse 14, it says, When he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourself to the priests, which they needed to do so the priests could call them cleansed so they could get out of quarantine back into society. But notice what happened. And it came to pass. Say it with me. It shall come to pass. And it came to. Did they hear what Jesus said? Did they do what Jesus said to do? Had they not gone, they would not have experienced cleansing. But my Bible says in Luke, it says, and it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. What this is saying to us this morning is they moved and God moved. And one of them turned around and glorified God with a loud voice. And he fell down at his feet, giving him thanks, for he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They're not found that return to give glory to God except this stranger. And here's what Jesus said, arise, go your way. And your faith will make you whole. Say it with me. My faith makes me whole. Now, in closing this this morning, 
Here is a very important ingredient that you can add to your faith. It's extremely important. And it is the value of rejoicing. In, 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 uh, in Matthew, or no, Philippians 4, he said, Rejoice in the Lord when you feel like it. Rejoice in the Lord when? In the good times, in the bad times, in the in-between times. He says, rejoice in the Lord. How often? In everything, do what? Give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Whatever you are in, your pajamas, your car, in a test, in a trial, in wealth, and in lack, in the valley, in the middle, and the mountain, in everything, give thanks. Hallelujah. Because God is moving on your side. Oh, hallelujah. Who will give me just a few more moments? Raise your hand. Well, that's three of you. I'll take it. Praise the Lord. God promises that when we trust him, he's faithful to do what he promised. Rejoicing is a demonstration of your expectation of what you're believing God for and that his promises are true. How many of you believe that the will of God can be done on earth as it is in heaven? Can you imagine right now that there's a little bit of rejoicing going on in heaven? Some of you have got in-laws up there. I'm going to see my brother Tim. Hallelujah. I'm going to see my sister Lucy. I'm going to see my mom. And I'm going to see my dad. Hallelujah. And you know they're rejoicing. But we don't have to wait till we all get to heaven to rejoice. He said, I pray that the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many of you have ever heard of a gentleman by the name of C.S. Lewis? C.S. Lewis says this, the joy is the serious business of heaven. T.D. Jakes said it like this, if you don't rejoice, the devil will think he's winning. Mark Hankins said this, if you only knew what happened in the spirit when you rejoice, you'd rejoice every day. The psalmist said it like this, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Folks, when you get so thrilled with the word of God, when you get so filled with being filled with the Holy Spirit, it comes alive in you and you will see the supernatural power of God. Folks, when we rejoice, and I want you all to stand up right now because this message is over. When we all rejoice, here's what happens. You and I get anointed. Somebody says, well, I'm anointed already, but I'm talking about fresh oil anointing. Anybody need some fresh oil up in here? I I like a lot of olive oil on different things. I put it on my toast. I put it everywhere. I put olive oil all over the place. I love olive oil. Brenda cooks with olive oil. But, you know, sometimes we get to the end of the bottle. And I'm not a guy who likes Enzy so much. So we go get a new bottle, a fresh bottle of oil. Hallelujah. You're anointed by virtue of the fact that the anointing abides within you. And you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Say it with me, the anointed one. And his anointing lives in me. But there is such a thing as a time 
of refreshing. There is such a thing as fresh oil. And so all I'm saying to you today is this. Rejoicing is an action of your faith. It will anoint you with fresh oil, causing you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. The Bible says that a happy heart or a merry heart is good medicine. And it causes your mind to be cheerful. And it works healing. What do you say we at Heart of the Bay? In our 39th year of Brendan and I pastoring, what do you say we continue the serious business of heaven by rejoicing in the Lord continually? Hallelujah. Let's do it for about 30 seconds right now. Come on. Glory to God. Give the Lord praise. Give the Lord praise. Glory to God. We rejoice in the Lord. We rejoice at His Word as one that finds great spoil. Glory to God. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice for the Lord has given you the city. Rejoice for the Lord has given you that job. Rejoice for the Lord has given you that grant. Rejoice for the Lord has given you your family. Rejoice for the Lord has given us Come on, somebody. About 10 seconds. Let's give him praise. Glory to God. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah. Let's be like those four lepers. Let's stir ourselves up. Amen. Let's be like that woman with the issue of blood. Let's come in the press behind. Let's touch the hem of his garment. Hallelujah. Let's be like that one leper. When he saw he was healed, he turned back and he gave glory to God. Let's get in that river. Are you going to get in the river today? Come on. Fire it up. One, two, three.